Hello, you mindful mamas. If you listened to last week's episode, then you know that I am so sick of our intro and intro music. And (laughs) so I hope you enjoyed the best I can give you on the ukulele for now. But I thought I would continue the tradition of the last episode of the season of Enlightened Hood being me just pouring my heart out to you. And actually, last season's episode where I shared with you my motherhood journey, my postpartum struggles, my postpartum depression journey, how Enlightened Hood started is the most listened to episode of this podcast. And I am just so grateful for the support of my journey and my voice. And it feels really good and cathartic to pour your heart out into a safe space where your story is heard and empowered and loved. So thank you. But a lot has changed since the last time that I did this. I mean, I kind of have the intros as my little time, but I found it hard to truly pour my heart and my true self into those intros because I truly believe that this platform is a way to highlight other women and, (laughs) you know, the imposter syndrome in me, the part of me that's still working on that voice and that personal power, as we all are, doesn't want to take away from that, doesn't want to necessarily overpower any of my amazing guests' voice. So this is really my chance to wear my heart on my sleeve, to share with you what's been on my heart, because you kind of see a very small version of that, and this is a much more intimate way to know everything that's happening. And this, I know many of us feel like this time at home with lockdown, quarantines, sheltering in place, social distancing, whatever you want to call it, has been a truly transformative time because we've had to be alone with ourselves. We've had to take a step back, slow down. We don't have the same distractions. And so I don't know about you, but the the transformations, the up levels, the shifts that have happened, I am just blown away by. And I feel like I am a completely different person than I was in March. I kept telling people that I feel like I'm on the brink of this bubble bursting. Like this pressure is building up and I feel the electricity of the change coming and I and I know it's coming, but I'm just waiting for that like point where it explodes. And the funny thing is, is that it did, but it didn't feel like this huge release. It was almost like this slow leak over time. And now that I look back, I'm like, holy shit, I am forever changed. So where do we even start with this? I thought maybe it would be useful for me to share some of the really woo-woo stuff that I have learned, been into during this time, but more importantly, how it applies to us as spiritual mothers, how it applies to us as women, because I know that that is such a huge pillar of enlightenment is that collective wisdom. I go through something, I experience something, I learn something, I grow from it, and then I'm going to turn around and share it with you because I know that even if it just helps one person on their journey, 
then I've done my job and owned the power of my story. Ooh, so where do we even start? I'd say the biggest, the, the start of the big transformations happened when I was having really, not weird, I was just having dreams that one of my friends slash ex-boyfriends from high school was in. I was like, that's really weird. And then I was just laying in bed and I got this download uh, thought in my head that was a voice, but not really said. I mean, most of you know what I'm talking about. That just said, oh, you had a lifetime together in Lemuria. I was like, what the is Lemuria? And of course, I (laughs) pulled out my phone, as most moms do at 2 a.m. when you can't sleep. And it sent me down a huge rabbit hole. So for those of you who don't know, Lemuria is an ancient civilization that anyone who is not in the spiritual world would deem mythical, similar to Atlantis. It predates Atlantis and was located where Hawaii is right now, but stemmed, some believe that it stemmed all the way over to where Australia is now. And basically what happened is it sunk. And many call the Lemurian civilization heaven on earth. Many believe that the Lemurians are where the human Akashic record started. They were a civilization that learned from the Palladians, which are a star civilization. So I'm telling you, this is getting woo-woo and this is getting deep. But I, through my research, came across this man named Lee Carroll. And he is basically the Esther Hicks of Lemuria. So he channels a collective called Chiron which is basically a group of souls and beings that were present in the Lemurian civilization who channel through him and give information about it. So there's Lemurian groups now. There's this whole resurgence of people who had lifetimes there who are now kind of, quote unquote, waking up to this and remembering who they truly are. So I bought this book, The Ancient Women of Lemuria, and most of it is just channeled teachings by Lee Carroll. And it just blew my mind because not only, well, I kind of backtrack. I've always had this inner knowing that if I were to ever go to Hawaii, that I would never leave. Probably also why I love Moana so much, but it just all started to make sense. And I almost, before this book started, had this itch that like, my soul feels like it belongs in this like tropical oasis on a beach, even though I always thought I'd be a New England in the fall kind of girl because I grew up on a lake. And but I just my soul started to take this really massive shift towards tropical and beach before this happened. So as I was reading this book, it really started to make a lot more sense. But I think the thing about the book that transformed me the most was this idea that within the Lemurian civilization, that women were so highly valued. The women were the spiritual ones. They were the shamans. They were the intuitive guiders for the men to hunt and fish. They were the healers. They were the teachers. 
And I know right now our society is kind of taking that really beautiful divine feminine shift, but these channelings in this book really put into words everything I kind of had been feeling about enlightenedhood and the power of motherhood and spirituality, but I hadn't been able to express. And just this beautiful idea that pregnancy and motherhood and being a spiritual empowered woman is just one of the most sacred things, one of the most natural things that we can do and that we can be. And I think that's what really planted that seed for me, which is now another revelation that I've had during this time is truly owning that feminine power, that divine feminine power. I had a realization that Megan and I tend to always see that big picture. We see it, we know it, not know it all, but we can see where it's going. And we were really quick when describing what enlightenedhood was to say, enlightenedhood is for mothers, but eventually it will be for everybody. And I realized that that is doing such a disservice and overlooking the true power that we have as women and the true power that we have as mothers. And so when I realized that, I was like, oh my goodness. I'm basically telling the universe that being a mother and being a woman is not enough. And you know what? It is. It is more than enough because as mothers, we have so much power, so much power. And it was this book that helped me realize that. But then as I get all of my good downloads in the shower, I was just thinking we we are the keepers of the past and the future. We get to say that this abuse, this trauma, this unhealthy behavior, this mistrust between women, all of those things that are stopping us from evolving our consciousness, from stopping us from being our most authentic self, that are stealing our joy, that are stopping us from being truly loving, light-filled beings that are leading this planet to a better place, that stops with us. We are the ones who get to make that decision because we are the greatest influencers, we are the greatest teachers, and we are the ones who hold that power. I just want you to sit with that for a second. Because if you haven't realized how much power you have as a woman and how much power you have as a mother... I want you to just inhale and feel that right now. Because if this time is showing us anything, it's that we are the ones who are leading this world to a better place. And not only that, but these tools that we're learning, all this healing that we're doing, all this self-realization, all this self-empowerment that we're doing, our kids are watching. They're already pure. They're already present. They're all the kids that are coming to this planet now already have this higher consciousness. So the fact that we are meeting them where they're at, we're giving them these tools, they are then going on and making the world a better place because they don't have to figure this out at 30 plus years old. They're already leading with light as their most authentic selves. And what 
a gift that truly is to the world. And not only that, they pass that down to their kids who pass that down to their kids. And this is where the change starts. It starts within us. It starts at home and it starts with how we raise our kids. I saw a quote on Instagram yesterday that was like, I forget the exact words, but something like, Raising a conscious kid is a form of activism. It's like, yes, yes, that is true. Because as we see this surgence of the Black Lives Matter movement and people stepping up and doing that work to help end racism and fight for equality for all people, we all have our own roles to play. And especially as a company that empowers women and mothers, our role to play is to help those mothers do that work. But as women and as mothers, we give so much of that power away. We give it away when we care what someone else thinks of us. We give it away when we, like myself, kind of blindly walk like herded cattle through our medical system, when we don't ask questions, when we don't speak up, when we have that disconnect between our mind and our body and our soul. We give it away so much and we're taught to be quiet and we're taught not to speak up and we're taught not to have our own opinions. God forbid we have our own opinions that goes against what everyone else thinks. But that's how we create change. So when we blaze trails, when people think we're crazy for doing something different or following the beat of our own drum. But I'm here to tell you that you have all the answers. Everything that you need to grow, everything you need to heal, everything you need to lead with light and love from your heart, you have it all. I love the quote so much is that the best teachers are the ones who remind you that you have all the tools already. And it's so true. We just have to recognize that power within ourselves to change, that power within ourselves to grow. And when you can recognize that power, it changes everything. It truly, truly, truly changes everything. So for me, one of the biggest transformations I had after recognizing the true power of the mother, the true way that the divine feminine, owning that feminine power is going to change the world is that a lot of people aren't ready. They're not ready to hear it. They're not ready to change. They're not ready to do the work. And that's okay. This is not for everybody. We're all here to learn different things. We're all here to grow in different ways. And as women and mothers who are leading the way, it's really important to recognize that. And I know I say this a lot, but it's so hard when you see the way it transforms your life that you just don't want to shout it from the rooftops that this is awesome, spirituality and all these tools and meditation and mindfulness and being present and awareness and all this power it's changed my life. And I know if you just do it and put in the work, it's going to change your life too. But people have to come to it on their own terms. They have to be ready to make that change. And as much as, as loving, nurturing mother types, we want to help everyone. 
everyone's not ready to hear it and that's okay. And another download I got during this time was just this idea that, well, more of this, this frustration that when you put work into your soul, when you come out of the spiritual closet, people are instantly triggered. And for many people, it's their own, it's their own resistance. But as humans, we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. And it's so hard to not take it personally. But as part of the four agreements, if you've read it, don't take anything personally. And I've probably shared this before too, but I'll share it again because it has helped me so much. When you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Orange juice, right? So when you squeeze, quote unquote, squeeze, put pressure on a person, what comes out is what's on the inside. So maybe that's resistance to change. Maybe it's insecurities. Maybe it's fear about money, career. Maybe it's self-loathing. Who knows? But that's We're basically holding up a mirror for everyone else. And when you can realize that it has absolutely nothing to do with you, it really can help set you free. So where I was going with this is that when you're an openly spiritual person, there's this pretentiousness that almost comes with spirituality and it gets such a bad reputation at times. And I think the thing, if I could wear a shirt (laughs) or have a sign outside my house, it would say spirituality is not about trying to be better than anyone else. It's about healing that soul, about healing that inner child that thought they were less than, that thought they weren't enough, that thought they weren't worthy for so long. And that's what it's about. It's about healing ourselves. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. And so the more I continue on this path, I'm really trying to shift that conversation and that stigma because when people are instantly turned off about something that could help them so much, and by spirituality, I truly just mean taking a true look at who you are, healing the emotional baggage that you continue to carry with you and... (laughs) vomit all over everyone else, the way you're holding yourself back from leading in light and love. And spirituality is about the connectedness between us all. And not just as humans, but animals, plants, star civilizations, and everything in between. thought this might be a good segue to just share with you such a profound experience I had during this time and I've been battling whether or not to share it because it's so near and dear to my heart but I think it's worth sharing for the fact that this experience happened intertwined with the responsibilities of motherhood and I think one of the biggest misconceptions about having spiritual experiences is that they have to happen in a retreat in Bali or Costa Rica. And obviously as moms, we don't necessarily get to drop everything for 10 days and be in the rainforest or on a beach. So this is to remind you that when you put in the work, when you sit with yourself, and most importantly, when you listen, 
and lean in, that's when those true moments happen. Those, that's when the true truth of your soul and what you need to heal can come up. And of course it can happen in those places and those retreats, but that's because again, you're tuning out all that noise and all those distractions. So where to even begin? I think it's important to share that one of the biggest kind of layers of maybe roots is the best way to describe it that I've been healing during this time is relationships. I've had so many relationships in my lifetime that just have ended or fizzled out. And a lot of times I've always felt like it's me. Like, why did this have to end? And that's been a huge wound I've had to heal. And just peeling back all the layers of that. And a lot of it was because in many instances, I was just doing what the other person wanted. I was being a caregiver position and never truly was being my full, most independent self. And a lot of that, I think, came from the survival mode and the dependency that came with being in a physically and emotionally abusive relationship when I was in high school. And so to not get hurt, you kind of just go along with what the other person wanted. And so I feel like for a lot of my relationships, I don't know if I was necessarily most vocal about what I needed or was even willing to be independent to speak up and own that part of myself. So there's been a lot of healing around that. There's been a lot of healing around sisterhood. And of course, enlightenment has been such a huge aspect to that healing. But I thought I had truly gotten to the root of the cause. Finally, I thought I had mourned. I thought I had accepted that a lot of what I had been holding on to was grief. And then it got crazy. <laughs> so one morning, my I was FaceTiming with my mom uh, early in the morning, and she was singing a Beatles song to my daughter because right now she's speaking gibberish, so she was singing She Loves You and the yeah, yeah, yeah part my daughter was singing along. And so because of that, another Beatles song, Let It Be, popped into my head, and I just got this huge urge to learn it on the piano. So I went down to the basement, pulled out our keyboard, pulled up some YouTube videos and learned the chord progression for the intro. So I was learning it. And then when I put Luna down for her nap, I came downstairs and I played it and I started seeing the first few verses and recorded it on GarageBand because that's something I do sometimes. <laughs> And just karaoke songs because, I mean, I grew up, I was in a professional kids choir, I was in a professional theater company, loved performing. Music was always part of my life and I miss it sometimes. So I did that and then she woke up from her nap and then I think by the time that Stefan, my husband, and I had switched roles where he was working in the morning, I was working in the afternoon, my first few working hours, I took a shower. And as you know, when I get a lot of uh, <laughs> downloads in the shower and I just heard, you let the music die. And I almost had like a Harry Potter 
prisoner of Azkaban moment where I saw this moment of myself in 2012 where I was living in Fall Creek in Ithaca and I was standing on the front lawn of my apartment. And I specifically remember in that moment having a deja vu moment. And it was almost as if I was deja vuing myself looking back on that moment from the future, if that makes sense. And I was like, that was the moment that it died. And I feel like for my most recent past significant relationships in my life were with musicians. So they were kind of the, the leaders of the music in my life. And I didn't ever want to take away from that. So again, I did. I really did. I let the music die. And it's not just music. It was art, writing, poetry, painting, drawing. I let it all die. And as you know, so much of the feminine is creativity and that inspiration and having a muse. And so I was like, wow. But it gets weirder. (laughs) So then I think after I showered, I came downstairs. I believe I was going to work on editing a podcast, but of course, opening GarageBand was my fun karaoke session. And I just sat there and listened to myself sing, let it be. And I started to just sob uncontrollably, like the hardest I've ever cried in my entire life for probably a good hour or so. And then I just had this beautiful, I just saw in the song it says, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And across my office, I just saw Mary Magdalene walk across my office and kind of like almost very ghost yeah, ethereal, like through the wall. And I just like continued to sob. And I was just so blown away because for so long I thought that it wasn't that this kind of self-expression wasn't important to me. And I think we can get so caught up in comparison culture and comparing ourselves to others. I'm not a professional musician, so my taste in music, my musical talents, my musical abilities obviously are not as important or good as yours. I tend to draw things in a skewed format, slightly skewed, so obviously my sketches and my drawings are not as good as yours. I can't play the ukulele that well, so obviously I'm not a true musician or musical. No one ever sees my writing, so obviously I'm not a great writer. And when we compare, when we give away that power to what other people think of the art we create, the art that flows through us, and we let it die, a part of us can die too. And that realization for me was just so profound because I think too, we kind of put so much of our, our healing responsibilities within other people. Oh, you took this away from me. 
oh, you caused this. So obviously you have to have that role in my healing for me to be whole again. But I think sometimes we realize that we are just as much at fault for the way that we've treated ourselves and the way that we have failed to nurture our own souls and our own beings. So after I had, I'm like getting choked up thinking about this. After I had that experience, I took out my sketch pad and I drew a depiction of what my highest self looks like. She ended up looking a lot like Moana (laughs) with more tattoos. But I think that was my commitment to myself of truly stepping into my personal power and nurturing every single aspect of my soul. And I know as moms, it can be really overwhelming because of course we want to spend time nurturing ourselves. Of course We want to be in that altered state of consciousness that feels so good and we're in flow and when we're in meditation, then we get thrown right back into the chaos of life and screaming kids and food everywhere. But that's why you have to give yourself grace and that's why just small conscious moments are so important because that experience I had, that was a accumulation of four plus years of doing work. That was peeling back little places, finding little places in who I am and how I nurture myself and my body to get to that place. And that's all that healing is. That's all that the work is. That's what spirituality is. That's what growth is. It's these tiny conscious decisions, these tiny conscious moments. That's all we have. That's what mindfulness teaches us, the present moment. All we can do is decide what we're doing exactly right now. So we can give in to the chaos and the frustration, or we can breathe. We can listen to that whisper we get, and we can lean in. And if you get that whisper and you're not able to lean in right that second, that's okay, because if you heard it, it's still going to be there. So when the kids go to bed or you have just those five minutes, Allow yourself to lean in and listen and truly listen. That's why journaling can be so expressive and cathartic because it can let us tune back into those whispers and peel back those layers and truly explore what we're feeling to sit with ourselves and look at ourselves and heal. And maybe journaling isn't that thing for you. Maybe it's walking where you process your thoughts. Maybe it's showering. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's meditation. But find that thing that allows you to just fully connect with you and let it flow. Because until you can release it and let it flow out of you, you don't have any space to make room for new things, for new growth. You have to let go at some point. So I think if this time, throughout this global pandemic has taught me anything. It's that the real work is hard. The real work is really messy, but that's how we grow. And there will be unicorns and rainbows (laughs) along the way, but taking a good hard look at yourself is not easy. And again, a lot of people aren't willing to do it, but I will share something with you that I have been doing. 
that has helped tremendously that is so easy and makes such a huge shift to help you balance out that really heavy inner work. So I'm sure many of you can relate to the postpartum struggles of body image and not feeling connected to your body, not feeling connected to your identity or who you are. So what I started doing, every time I catch myself in the mirror, I look myself straight in the eyes and I say, you are so beautiful and I love you. And just that, those simple words to myself has changed everything exponentially. The way I carry myself, the way I feel in my body, the way I feel about my body. Don't forget how powerful your thoughts are, your words. They are what create your reality. Your brain does not know the difference between thoughts and what's happening in the the physical world. So be kind to yourself. Take it slow. Give yourself grace because this is hard work. It is a lifetime of healing and intentionality and awareness. But I know you know how good it feels when you're on the other side of release, when you're on the other side of healing something. And that's what continues to move us forward. And on top of that, this new world we're creating for our kids for ourselves, for our grandchildren to live in because we're doing this self-healing, because we're learning from our kids, because we're choosing the light, because we're choosing the highest frequency of all, which is love. We're going to make this world a better place. We are going to be our best selves. We're going to radiate those tools to our families, to our communities, and to our world. So as you know, I like to end this podcast with wise words for anyone listening who needs that extra encouragement to step into their highest self, which I kind of just said for the last (laughs) two minutes or so, but I will leave you with this. You chose to come here at this time for this planet because of what you're capable of. Your children chose you as their leader because of what you're capable of. Do not forget how fucking powerful you are. You have all the answers that you need. You just have to listen.